Section 87 of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090. California, United States of America. The World's Story, Volume 12. The United States. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 87. Why Cornwallis Failed to Bag the Old Fox, 1777, by John Fiske. In December 1776, Cornwallis thought the war was practically over, and had packed his baggage ready to sail for England, when he learned that Washington, who always made the move that no one expected, had crossed the Delaware River in the midst of floating ice, and had captured a thousand Hessian soldiers at Trenton, the editor. Cornwallis rode post-haste to Princeton, where he found Dunop throwing up earthworks. On the morning of January the 2nd, Cornwallis advanced with 8,000 men upon Trenton, but his march was slow and painful. He was exposed during most of the day to a galling fire from parties of riflemen hidden in the woods by the roadside, and green with the force of 600 men and two field pieces contrived so to harass and delay him that he did not reach trenton till late in the afternoon by that time washington had withdrawn his whole force beyond the asunpink a small river which flows into the delaware just south of trenton and had guarded the bridge and the fords by batteries admirably placed the british made several attempts to cross but were repulsed with some slaughter and as their day's work had sorely fatigued them Cornwallis thought best to wait until tomorrow, while he sent his messenger, post-haste, back to Princeton, to bring up a force of nearly two thousand men, which he had left behind there. With this added strength, he felt sure that he could force the passage of the stream above the American position, when by turning Washington's right flank, he could fold him back against the Delaware, and thus compel him to surrender. Cornwallis accordingly went to bed in high spirits, at last we have run down the old fox said he and we will bag him in the morning the situation was indeed a very dangerous one but when the british general called his antagonist an old fox he did him no more than justice in its union of slyness with audacity the movement which washington now executed strongly reminds one of stonewall jackson he understood perfectly well what cornwallis intended to do but he knew at the same time that detachments of the british army must have been left behind at princeton and new brunswick to guard the stores from the size of the army before him he rightly judged that these rear detachments must be too small to withstand his own force by overwhelming one or both of them he could compel cornwallis to retreat upon new york while he himself might take up an impregnable position on the heights about morristown from which he might threaten the British line and hold their whole army in check. A most brilliant and daring scheme for a commander to entertain, while in such a perilous position as Washington was that night. But the manner in which he began by extricating himself was not the least brilliant part of the maneuver. All night long the American campfires were kept burning brightly and small parties were busily engaging in throwing up entrenchments near the asunpink that the british sentinels 
could plainly hear the murmur of their voices and the thud of their spade and pickaxe while this was going on the whole american army marched swiftly up the south bank of the little stream passed around cornwallis's left wing to his rear and gained the road to princeton toward sunrise as the british detachment was coming down the road from princeton to trenton in obedience to cornwallis's order its van under colonel mahood met the foremost column of americans approaching under general mercer as he caught sight of the americans mahood thought that they must be a party of fugitives and hastened to intercept them but he was soon undeceived the americans attacked with vigor and a sharp fight was sustained with varying fortunes until mercer was pierced by a bayonet and his men began to fall back in some confusion just at this critical moment washington came galloping upon the field and rallied the troops and as the entire forces on both sides had now come up the fight became general in a few minutes the british were routed and their line was cut in two one half fleeing toward trenton the other half toward new brunswick there was little slaughter as the whole fight did not occupy more than twenty minutes the british lost about two hundred in killed and wounded with three hundred prisoners and their cannon the american loss was less than one hundred shortly before sunrise the men who had been left in the camp on the ossenpink to feed the fires and making noise beat a hasty retreat and found their way to princeton by circuitous paths when cornwallis got up he could hardly believe his eyes here was nothing before him but an empty camp the american army had vanished and whither it had gone he could not imagine but his perplexity was soon relieved by the booming of distant cannon on the princeton road and the game which the old fox had played him all at once became apparent nothing was to be done but to retreat upon new brunswick with all possible haste and save the stores there his road led back through princeton and from mahood's fugitives he soon heard the story of the morning's disaster his march was hindered by various impediments a thaw had set in so that the little streams had swelled into roaring torrents difficult to ford and the american army which had passed over the road before daybreak had not forgotten to destroy the bridges by the time that cornwallis and his men reached princeton wet and weary the americans had already left it but they had not gone on to new brunswick washington had hoped to seize the stores there but the distance was eighteen miles his men were wretchedly shod and too tired to march rapidly and it would not be prudent to risk a general engagement when his main purpose could be secured without one for these reasons washington turned northward to the heights of morristown while cornwallis continued his retreat to new brunswick frederick the great felt a hearty admiration for washington's maneuvers in new jersey and three years later sent his own portrait to the american soldier with the inscription from the oldest general in europe to the greatest general on earth End of section eighty seven this recording is in the public domain